Coming up now, the battle of the mind, putting cancer in perspective. How important is our mind in this battle with cancer? And how much impact can our spiritual outlook have on our ability to fight the disease, Percy? The mind and spirit are battlefronts in a cancer fight, for sure, along with our physical well-being. No matter what thoughts and feelings may come, we have the opportunity to draw upon God's promises in the midst of the battle. Just think about all that God has promised us. Hmm. He's promised that he would never leave us or forsake us. He's promised us that he would stick closer than a brother. He has promised that when we are weak, we can still be strong. These are the types of things that mentally and emotionally can recalibrate us in a way that when we feel pressed against the wall of our circumstances, that we then continue to be strengthened and renewed that may lend itself to our outcomes that we are desiring as we continue to fight back against the negative effects of sickness and disease. It's important we talk about this now on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Let's talk about the mental, emotional battle that all cancer patients experience to some degree, and we'll look at the scriptures that empower us through that process. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Our host for this program is Percy McRae, Reverend Percy McRae. Pastor Percy is Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. These are the kinds of questions you wrestle with, aren't they? Well, it's the kind of questions that, quite frankly, the cancer community is wrestling with when they're confronted with the disease, either as a patient or as a caregiver. So again, we need to understand that there is a battle that is taking place mentally and emotionally. How do we try to counteract that that will allow an individual uh, to be positioned to push through the negative circumstances and challenges of treatment and care? Well, we're going to spend our entire time together today talking about this important issue. But before we go any further, let me pose this week's question to our listeners. We always have a question on the table that we'd love for our listeners to answer. And here's the question this week. How did your faith make a difference to you in your cancer journey? Uh, listeners can answer that question at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Yeah, we want to get the feedback from you listening today of how did your faith, and again, this is not about anybody else's journey or story, how did your faith impact or make a difference for you uh, as, as you walk through cancer? There will be others who may be interested to hear that, and uh, we'll read some of those responses at another time. But yeah, uh, provide your answers to healthhopeandinspiration.com. That's where you can place those of how did your faith make a difference to you while in your and on your cancer journey. And listening to the conversation to come may prompt you on how to answer that question. Mm. It'll make you think a little bit about it. Absolutely. So, uh, you can respond at that website. You can also download a free resource at the same website. The resource this week is The Battle of the Mind, Putting Cancer in Perspective. Mm-hmm. So look for that online at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Percy, cancer is such a frightening word. Yeah. It is, and and it, it has an inherent amount of fear associated with it. Uh, I know that when I was initially told that I had cancer, I, I had to make a decision if I was going to allow fear to, to enter into my consciousness, and I, I made a critical decision that I wasn't. But fear is something that has to be faced and dealt with and looked at. So just mentioning uh, the word can make people shudder, obviously. The reputation of this disease 
uh, can be filled with fear and uncertainty. So, uh, but as big and allegedly as bad as cancer potentially can be, uh, we need to remind ourselves and reinforce ourselves around the fact that we have God, uh, who is much bigger than our cancer. Yeah, obviously. and our times are in His hands. Absolutely. Aren't they? Well, you know, very often on the program, I ask you to share a verse of Scripture to open the program. Actually, we're going to do that throughout the program, throughout this conversation today. So there's not one specific Scripture, but we're going to have several. So listeners may want to take some notes as you go along, or you can always go back and hit replay and listen again to take notes, or you can pass the link on to others at Health, Hope, and Inspiration. By the way, I hope you've subscribed to this mm, podcast. Mm. We don't want you to miss an episode. No. Instead of just saying, hey, it's been a while since I listened to that podcast, why not subscribe and get the notification that a new episode is available? Absolutely. And then share that. You can share that on all of the social media platforms that you're on and let others hear as well that which you think may be of value. So as a great recommendation. And leave a review of this podcast at iTunes as well. That is so very helpful to us. Actually, you're doing us a favor because it helps other people know what we're all about. So leave those reviews at iTunes on, under Apple Podcasts, actually. Thank you. Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Yes. Okay. I mentioned that you're going to uh, take uh, several scripture passages and talk about them today. Where would you like to start? Well, we're going to go first to Isaiah 40, 25, and 26, uh, reading uh, from those verses that basically sets up this discussion. And it says, to whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal? This is God talking to us. Uh, to whom will you compare me or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Verse 26, lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who, crea- who created all of this, he says. He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. And this, this scripture helps to give us the magnitude of, of the size, the, 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 the power, and basically the place that we need to give God in our lives. He is the creator of all. He is Lord of all, and everything falls underneath his domain, if you will, and sits underneath his feet. So it's helping us to understand the magnitude of God's power and reach and depth as creator and Lord. So it's a mistake for us to put uh, cancer over God. God is over cancer. And so we need to first and foremost, and I and you've heard me say it often on the show, uh, when people still refer to cancer as the big C. Yeah. And I often try to challenge or yeah. re change you, you that. You gently correct us on that, don't you? Right, because it's it's helping us to understand unconsciously what we have been trained to think about cancer. And of course, again, going back to the reputation of cancer as as people of faith, as believers, and specifically as Christians, that then we have to recalibrate our thought process that we've got to make a decision who the big C is in the relationship that we're in. Hmm. Are we going to allow cancer to have the position of being the big C, or are we going to uh, make clear that Christ is the big C? Christ the creator. That's exactly right. Christ the creator and all that goes with that well, then it helps to re-establish uh, in our thinking what we are dealing with and what we're facing. If we have the big C on our side, then that's big enough to help us work with the small C. But if we're going to give cancer the same platform that we're giving God, now we've, we've, we've already kind of neutralized our resource that
that we need to draw upon. God is bigger than cancer. Cancer is not bigger than God. We're going to continue this conversation, but let me just pause and say this. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, a comprehensive cancer care network. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. With hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, they take an integrative approach to cancer care, and that's very important. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. So visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about your questions by simply calling 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-4673. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. And learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. And let me add, Percy, that spiritual support is provided as desired by the patient. That's very important to keep in mind. As always, the patient is in charge of that relationship at all times. And even if it is rejected and, and, and desired not to be given, that is honored within the confines of the walls of the Organization of Cancer Treatment Centers of America. So there is no proselytizing or pushing or forcing anything upon anyone that they do not desire. At the end of the day, we are simply providing patients what they want and how they want it, and then we will respond and react accordingly. All right. While we have our finger in Isaiah chapter 40, you read some verses, 25 and 26, but it goes on to say some more important things. And there are some more to, to be established around the battle of the mind, because again, the Bible tells us as a a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So let's listen to Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. And it says, have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator, capital C, if I can throw that in there, of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up uh, with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It's a famous passage. It is a famous passage, but again, it's great visual uh, uh, interpretation that allows us to, to, to create some imagery in our consciousness and in our psyche. And this is one of the reasons why we're talking about the battle of the mind, because the power of our mental imagery helps to create images that stimulate thought and then channels certain reactions and responses that can buoy and lift us just as conversely uh, negative dynamics that tear down and create other images can drag us into a place of depression. This is helping us to understand the strength and the power and the magnitude of who God is to us and what he can do on our behalf. First and foremost is giving us a contrast and comparison. God is bigger than anything. God is more powerful. Even when we are weak, even 
even as youth, we get tired. God says, I can replenish, strengthen and give you what you don't, what you do not have on your own or what you cannot produce in your own might. That's really good news because God is giving to us and, and saying to us that we have access to resources that we may not be able to muster up on our own strength. Can I ask a provocative question? Please. I mean, there are different theological schools here. But is God overpromising here? Because we know that we still suffer from cancer. That is correct. And so let's talk about that. Uh, and I believe one of our previous interviews uh, of a pastor of a pretty prominent church in, in the greater Chicagoland area uh, talked about when he lost his wife and and his best friend to cancer that he had to work through. And he was very uh, transparent about suffering and, and struggling Struggle and suffering is part of the human experience. But what these scriptures are helping us to understand, not as an overpromise, that even while we struggle and even while we are suffering, we can still be strengthened. We can still be renewed. Right. And so that gives us great hope to understand that it is not saying that it's going to remove our suffering or negate the fact that we won't go through a struggle. It's saying in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the suffering, we have a resource that we can draw upon to help us work through that struggle and that suffering. And isn't it true that even the, the secular world is coming to, to realize this, uh, perhaps in a small way? I, I think so. I think that everything that is going on in our secular world, see, by the by design of who God is from a sovereign perspective, God has God allowed all things again to work for his good and and people struggle with that but ultimately at the end of the day there are things that are allowed to take place because of 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 the overall plan of God but sovereign the sovereignty of God is ultimately driving man back to the point of understanding that he really in and of himself does not possess the resources that he's been conditioned to think that he has. That's why I truly don't believe that there's a true atheist. I know people say that they're atheists, but but I've noticed when when people find themselves in hardships and trials and tribulations, uh, they're the first ones to blame God, even though they say they don't believe in God. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a very interesting concept. <laughs> You're so busy blaming a God that you claim that you don't believe in, uh, because at the end of the day, I do believe inherently uh, in the primordial uh, makeup of our DNA is the seed of righteousness in us, the Bible says, that is attached to the concept of a higher power or someone beyond ourselves, but that's been polluted and contaminated by examples and bad experiences. And so people have turned their back on the idea of God, but innately they believe that there is a higher power at work somewhere. They're just trying to connect to it and make sense of it that their natural mind uh, cannot do the math on. Trials, tribulations, suffering, and hardship drives man back to the point that he needs to understand that I am without resource and I have to turn to something bigger than myself. And that's when God has an opportunity to enter the picture for people who are struggling with that concept at the end of the day. I recall on a recent episode, you cited something from the CDC, a study that they did. Yeah, and again, what this this citation basically helps to reinforce as we continue to wrestle with coming up with um, uh, data and research that helps to substantiate the valuation of what the role of spirituality and faith potentially does, particularly in a mental, emotional, and a physical crisis of health and well-being. Uh, Said this, according to the U.S. uh, Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, that 69% in this particular report of cancer patients say that they pray for their health. A recent study published in Cancer, a peer-reviewed journal of the American Cancer Society. And it's important to know where that peer review 
peer-reviewed journal is, American Cancer Society is considered the number one resource mm-hmm. to talk about cancer and, and research about it, suggests that there is a link between religious or spiritual beliefs and a better physical health that is reported from patients and among patients who are dealing with cancer. And and what I extrapolate from that ultimately at the end of the day is that there may be a link and a connection that when people tap into their spirituality and their religious sense of being that reinforces, and that's what we're talking about, helping to encourage, helping to um, uh, provide strength in the midst of discouraged scenarios and situations. Uh, they tend to fight back. Uh, they tend to hang in there. They tend to be more uh, positive about their situations. It gives them the opportunity to work through the rigors of the negative circumstances of their uh, the trials and tribulations of sickness and disease and what cancer can do because ultimately it begins to wear you down and it can in many cases mentally and emotionally wear you out where people then give up and quit fighting fighting, this suggests that people's religious and spiritual beliefs potentially helps them to continue to stay in the fight and work through a process that may lend itself to positive uh, physical outcomes, possibly. And, and when it comes to the battle of the mind, as, as people of faith, we need to continue to remind ourselves that God is with us. That's what Isaiah is telling us And here. so when we extrapolate and really begin to exegete and eisegete this scripture, again, what can we take away from this? God continually reminds us that he is with us. Uh, the God of the universe is helping us. He is strengthening us. Uh, we can face cancer without being overcome with fear. And again, I now that I'm part of this club, you know, I utilize these scriptures and those schools of thought constantly to help recalibrate my thinking. Uh, I was just on an airplane when I flew in at the time of this recording, uh, and we had some turbulence on the plane. And given the most recent uh, public scenarios about plane crashes and <laughs> helicopter crashes and mm. so on and so forth, you know, that's top of mind. And the plane is sure. jumping around and people are panicking. And I had to begin to turn inward within myself to remind myself that God is with me, that God is protecting me, that he is keeping me. And so I simply began to focus on that that helped me work through the emotional fear factor that was trying to overtake and create anxiety in me. That's the exercise that's at work here. And, you know, in that particular case, here I am, uh, the plane didn't crash. Uh, I'm still alive and well. But the point to be made is Whatever the outcome may be of a situation, God's promises and tapping into those promises helps regulate us while we're working through the challenge and the struggle of what is creating mental and emotional anxiety in Mm -hmm. our thought process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, as people of faith, when we meditate on passages like this passage in Isaiah chapter 40, it really helps us overcome any fear in our mind when it comes to cancer. And and why is that important? I think that's the big question. Why is it that we need to have some type of resource to help us negate against the, the dynamic of fear is because uh, when we think about the effect and impact of fear, Wayne, fear paralyzes us. It causes us to be motionless. It causes us to just stop, give in, let go. And when we when we think about all of our great heroes and individuals that have gone through all kind of challenges, somehow they were able to muster up uh, a courage in the midst of the face of fear to keep pushing through their circumstance 
that gave them an opportunity to live to fight another day. And I think that that's the, that's the bottom line for cancer patients. Did they continue to fight as long as they could and did they have the resource to do so? Because fear will cripple one and it will try to stifle your ability to continue to move and work through negative hardships and situations. That's not to say that there are not times and scenarios where the end is here. And there's nothing that can be done to stop that. But in many cases that I've seen and experienced personally, many cancer patients are working through the fear factor that if they just stopped and gave up at the initial uh, threat of cancer and never attempted to do treatment, never attempted to work through negative circumstances, they may not have uh, stuck around long enough to see the impact of travailing and pushing through and what their treatments could do and et cetera, et cetera. So at the end of the day, it is helping us to negate a factor that is trying to cause us to give up and stop there in our tracks. And that's what fear will do to you. It'll paralyze you. Well, before you take us to yet another passage in Isaiah, let me pause uh, just briefly because earlier you cited the American Cancer Society. Something else they say is nearly one out of three people in the U.S. will receive a cancer diagnosis during their lifetime. And caring for people living with cancer is a growing need, we believe, in every church today. Mm. To address the issue, we've developed the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network, which equips and empowers every Christian leader to better meet this great need. So if you are a pastor, a leader in your church or congregation, we want to invite you to join our growing family of informed ministry leaders in the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. Joining the network is absolutely free. When you sign up, you'll receive online access to exclusive leaders' resources. There's information about ministry training opportunities, and you'll receive our informative monthly email newsletter. I hope you'll take the time to check into this. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page and join the Ministry Leaders Network today. Churches really do need to get involved here. I know you believe that very strongly, and uh, we want to see some people get involved. Absolutely. We need the local church to be engaged in the battle uh, and, and, and provide, again, uh, relationship and resources, practical resources that will allow them to support those that are sitting in their midst. According to Matthew 25, that's part of the mandate of what God expects of us in terms of supporting. Uh, I call it a social gospel. When we get finished preaching and teaching, there are some things that we should be doing on a mm-hmm. social level for those that God has set before us inside of our congregations and those that are sitting outside of the walls of our congregations. Our theme today is the battle of the mind putting cancer in perspective that's also the title of a free resource which you can download right now mm. at health hope and inspiration.com that uh, gives you the scriptures we're talking about here today and more mm. so look for the free resource download it pass it around print copies use it as you like the battle of the mind putting cancer in perspective it's mm. available at health hope and inspiration.com and at the website go ahead and take a few moments to answer our question of the week How does your faith make a difference to you in your cancer journey? Or how did your faith make a difference to you in your cancer Mm -hmm. journey? Answer at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Absolutely. All right, where should we go next? Well, let's talk about another potential byproduct of 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 understanding the presence and the power of God that we can begin to try to help us negate some mental dynamics. Uh, Found in Isaiah 26 and 3, it says that you... Uh, Some translation says that he, but you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. 
And so this scripture now helps to give us another uh, place to kind of traverse and consider that the word of God or the promises of God, because the word of God is nothing more than words that express the promises of God mm-hmm. that have been articulated and written down and has a tremendous impact once we can absorb them and digest them and let them become a part of our psyche and our consciousness. But one of the things that, that God's uh, promises and his concepts Uh, potentially can do for us is create peace in the midst of turmoil. So what do we do, uh, you know, uh, or what we do with our minds may make the difference in our scenarios. The reputation we focus on uh, potentially will define our battle. Uh, If our mind only focuses about the disease itself or what can happen or how difficult it is, then we will wrestle with those things because that becomes our focal point. So we know that, you know, so let's let's talk about it. We know that cancer and treatment of it in some cases, certainly not all cases, can be difficult, can be challenging, uh, can have its own set of of hardships that can come along with it. And at the end of the day, if that's the only thing that we're focusing on and replaying and rehearsing in our minds, then that is going to create stress, yeah. tension, and anxiety. How could it not? It's, it's virtually impossible not to happen. So we now, what can we do to help negate that or counterbalance that? Then this is where Isaiah 26 and 3 helps us that if we try to work on and practice and focus Uh, meditating on the Word of God, meditating on the promises of God, rehearsing, reminding. Uh, I heard an old preacher said, the word meditation is nothing more than the concept of what a cow does, uh, eating and chewing its cud. Uh, And for those who are are not uh, people that are off a farm. Give give us a lesson, Uncle Percy. And neither am I. But what I I did a little research on this is that cows have two digestive tracts so that when they chew and eat the grass, that they have the ability to eat that and then swallow that, and then they can regurgitate and cough that back up and chew on it some more. That's meditation. We take in the Word of God. We chew on it. We digest it. And then we regurgitate it and cough it back up when we need it and replay that and rehearse that in our consciousness and in our minds. When we feel challenged, when we challenged, when we feel like the walls are closing in on us, we cough up God's word and we chew on it some more and we remind ourselves that's why the Bible says faith cometh by hearing and by hearing the word of God not having heard the word of God but by hearing constantly we are rehearsing and replaying those principles and our con and those concepts so if we begin to change what we're focusing on it may not necessarily change the challenge, but it'll help us be empowered and strengthened to work through the challenge. You know, it just occurs to me, this is true not only for the person who's going through the cancer themselves, but it's important for the people around them, the caregivers, the loved ones around them, to have this kind of positive mindset about the promises of God. Equally as important because, again, as we have discussed and talked about, and as people who may be listening, caregivers in many cases may actually be struggling even more than the cancer patient. In some cases, they may even be more afraid than the actual patient themselves. I know that that was true for me. I had individuals who told me after I told them about my initial cancer diagnosis, they were like, man, I couldn't sleep for several days after you told me that. And I slept like a lamb (laughs) because they're now processing that within their own being. And it's one of the reasons why we say that cancer is a community disease. And everyone's different, too. it, It impacts people around you and differently. So caregivers, loved ones, these principles are for anyone and everyone that's 
in, in the range of the impact of a cancer diagnosis, whether personally or indirectly with loved ones, family, and friends. But we need to realize the impact we can have on people who are hurting just by our positive mindset. Well, so then let's flip the script. Because in many cases, and uh, I just had a conversation recently with someone who just shared the same point, family, friends, and loved ones may be taking their cues from you. They may be following your lead. Uh-huh. And so, again, when you have the ability, and we're not asking anyone to to try to project anything that's not genuine and authentic, but, again, people then may take cues from you. And it's one of the reasons why, as a believer, there's an added dimension. It's not pressure to be applied to a cancer patient, but it is something for us to bear in mind. We're still, we still have the opportunity to glorify God in the midst of our circumstance and in the midst of our situation. And people are watching us and monitoring our behavior or our response. Now, if you break down and if you have a tough day, then that's okay and you should be allowed to do that. But also know people can potentially are being blessed by the fact that they're watching us as we walk through this process and allowing our faith to strengthen and encourage us. So again, uh, if our minds are stayed on God and on his promises and on his love and on his reputation and hope and faithfulness, then we can potentially be uplifting and, uh, and help uplift others who are also watching that because they're being strengthened by our character of faith as well. Well, something else this passage, Isaiah 26, 3 tells me is that we can have cancer in our body and peace in our heart. Well, that's exactly the point of the exercise. So let's be very clear what we are not saying. Just because one is walking with the peace of God in their heart does not necessarily guarantee the fact that what's going on with their body is going to all of a sudden cease and desist. No guarantee to heal. No, not at all. So we want to be very clear. And I've stood by the side of many people who, and I'll take it a step further. We've talked about on previous shows, death and dying. I've seen great people of faith who died with the dignity of the faith and the hope of God in them that was peaceful. It, It had an element of joy to it, despite the fact that they if you will, lost the battle of cancer in their physical being, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, there was victory and there was a, there was success as they transitioned. So again, this is, this is correct when we understand the balance of this discussion for today. There's one final passage we want to get to in just a moment, but if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, a comprehensive cancer care network. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at Health, Hope, and Inspiration and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have by calling 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. And you can learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. I think you have one more passage here you want to talk about, don't you? Well, it helps to reinforce really the the subtopic that we've been on, and that is talking about what are some of the benefits of God's presence or his principles or meditating on his word or having his presence in our life. Well, according to John, the 14th chapter, verse 27, it continues to speak about the peace of God. And, and I think that probably the most important component that is needed and necessary for people who are walking through the process, the thought, uh, the engagement of cancer is somehow finding peace 
or if I could use a different word, some resolution. Mm -hmm. Resolution is the ability to say, this is what's going on with me. This is what is happening. But besides that, this is where I am going to be located with regard to that to continue to move on. And so John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Important where whose peace is being given to us. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. These are the words of Christ talking to us because he's helping to make a distinction that we have a choice of what of, of what grocery store we're going to shop out of. <laughs> are we going to shop out of God's grocery store or are we going to shop out the grocery store of the world? Because he's making a distinction. The peace that I leave to you is not the peace that the world has to offer because, quite frankly, the world doesn't have any peace to offer us. It's temporary, and at the end of the day, it, it doesn't have the same dynamic that God's peace gives to us. And so Jesus gave us something. He gave us his own peace. He is the prince of peace, the Bible tells us. And so there is something to be understood that we can rest on and allow ourselves to meditate like the cow chewing its cud, that we can eat, digest, swallow, and then we can cough up and chew and eat on that again. I've got the Prince of Peace who is working inside of me, who left me his peace. And here's some of the byproducts of that peace. Because, again, the peace that that Christ gives and left, uh, this is the peace that slept uh, in a storm-tossed boat. We remember that story. (laughs) The gift of sleep. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been on the Sea of Galilee now. I have actually been on that body of water and and on the particular day that I was there it was very foggy and it was kind of overcast and you couldn't see across it but there was a great storm as the scripture tells us and the disciples were all you know in a state of disarray and the peace of God that resided in Christ said peace be still and he and which allowed him to sleep through that storm uh, I remember the time that I went through my first hurricane in Charleston, South Carolina, Hugo. I'll never forget it. Oh, boy. And it was it was big and it was powerful. And at that time, I was a pet owner and the dog was losing his mind and <laughs> going crazy. And the wife was looking at me like she wanted me to do something. And I was like, this is a bit out of my pay grade uh, and above what my status is in life. And so then we just huddled together and then we prayed. And I said, babe, we're going to go to sleep. We're going to pray the peace of God upon us at this point. And whatever happens, we pray that our house is being covered by the blood of the lamb. But let's lay down and try to sleep through this. And we did because God's peace can allow you to do that in the midst of the storm, even while the storm is going. Uh, The peace of God uh, that looked man's uh, worst diseases in the eye without blinking. The ministry of Jesus ministered to people with various different types of sicknesses and diseases. And he spoke words of healing and health and wellness and recovery to them. We have access to that peace today. And then the peace that bore the pressure of feeding 5,000 hungry men without even a shoulder, a shrug. He did not uh, uh, shrink at the idea of what do I do with this great multitude? I'm going to take the little that I have and I'm going to make it work for this scenario and situation. It's a great metaphor. We will take our little and allow God to make much of it in the midst of the challenge that is sitting before us that may be huge and just gigantic. But again, at the end of the day, God is with us and he is for us. The battle of the mind, putting cancer in perspective. If you'd like the notes on what you've heard today from Percy McRae, they are available in our resource, The Battle of the Mind, Putting Cancer in Perspective at our website. You can download this, you can review, you can meditate on the scriptures that are listed there 
Download the Battle of the Mind, Putting Cancer in Perspective at healthhopeandinspiration.com, where you can also subscribe to this podcast. You can uh, download the resources I mentioned. You can answer our question of the week. How did your faith make a difference Mm. in your cancer journey? It's all at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Percy, a concluding word for us here today. How do, you, how do you want to wrap this up? Well, the bottom line is this. Again, we have to make a decision on what we're going to focus on, and that's our right and our, and our choice to do so. So I want to encourage everyone today to think about this. If focusing on cancer's reputation troubles you, then focusing on God's reputation can potentially empower you in the midst of your trouble. The decision is yours, and at the end of the day, uh, there's just some things that are out of our control and out of our hands, so let's utilize our spiritual resources that we have, and let's allow the Word of God to get into our hearts, into our consciousness, and hopefully guide us and lead us and empower us through struggles, troubles, and hardships that may potentially lend itself to a better outcome and another day but ultimately allow us to walk through our processes with the strength of God being in us, with us, and for us. A good and empowering word today. Brother, thank you. That's Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. What are you going to do now, Percy? Well, again, if we're going to work on what's going on in our minds, that means we have work to do. So keep chopping the wood. It's worth it, and you are worth it. Hang in there. And keep listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Hope and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.